Hey everybody, this is Corey from AU Radio, and I just wanted to remind you that we're coming up on our 100th episode. We'll be doing the episode live in the Caterpillar Cafe, 5 p.m. on June 2nd. Live music, a $500 prize giveaway. Come down and hang out with us. We want to see as many of you as possible. Have a good one, and thanks for listening. Warning, the following episode may contain information and really inappropriate jokes that people may find a little off-putting. We apologize. Listen at your own risk. Come with us down the rabbit hole. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. As we explore the odd and esoteric. If my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions. This is the AU Radio Underground Files. Warning, this podcast may cause side effects such as headaches, cramps, bloating, understanding the entirety of the human race is controlled by reptilian overlords, freak out about this information, spontaneous combustion, demonic possession, lycanthropy, both religious and non-religious stigmata, hairy palms, super scabies, loss of social cues, and increased chance of becoming your town's local crackpot. Ask your doctor if this podcast is right for you. These are the Underground Files. I love those commercials. (laughs) This man was once abducted by aliens in his youth. The abduction was going fairly normally, except when none of the aliens were looking. He made it to the control room, took the ship on a joyride, wrote obscene messages in cornfields, and squashed his high school bully's car by parking the ship on top of it. The aliens immediately dropped him back off and rethought their criteria for abduction specimens. It's Corey. When I chased him through the halls of the ship with their own space probes, things got weird. <laughs> As they often do. This woman and I once went phone shopping at a Samsung outlet. Everything was going great until she throat punched me and left when I asked an associate, Are you a guardian of the galaxy? It's Hannah. See, I... (laughs) I am Groot. I am Groot. (laughs) Guardian of the galaxy (laughs) 8. This woman, by all accounts, is incredibly... I just got it. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god. This woman, by all accounts, is incredibly nice and patient. Her secret, once a week, she bathes in the blood of toxic fanboys and those people who intentionally destroy public bathrooms. It's joy. Well, they deserve it. Exactly. Seems fair. Yeah, perfect. This man once tried to wear a historically accurate samurai suit to go grocery shopping. The reasoning? The checkout lady is always mean to him. It's Ian. I needed Hanzo steel. (laughs) You know, whatever, whatever makes you feel confident, I guess. My name's Katie from the podcast, and this is going to be our death episode. Death and despair. I'm pretty excited. Death is a pretty morbid subject, but... Really? Yeah, it's pretty, huh. you know, but, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, that? It doesn't that, have to be. That's why I get all the odd looks. Oh, I understand. <laughs> oh, I get it now. So, uh, one of my favorite things about death, I don't know how else to transition into that, um is just some of the greatest stories of how people die. Because there are some circumstances where death is extremely funny, I feel like. One of my favorite stories is the uh, 25-year-old Sergei Turgenev agreed to a $4,300 bet that he could have relations uh, with two women for 12 hours nonstop. So he took two bottles worth of Viagra at once and got to work. He OD'd on Viagra, but he won the bet. 
Well. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know that's a thing. <sighs> wow. So. <laughs> I feel like the, the internet reaction is, what a way to go. But why, how do you take two bottles of pills and think that that is going to yeah. not kill you? Well, no, he's an idiot because what you do is... Because he didn't pay attention in science class <laughs> and public education failed him. Yeah. Uh, you know... Not to get too political, but he is Russian and the Russian education system is not great. Uh, I feel bad for these women. Right? So, no, they bet him. They were like, we don't think you can do this. And he's like, all right. See, what you do is you really should only take one Viagra at a time. But if you really want to, like, go, you can take two at a time. And then whenever it kind of starts to lose its luster, then you take two more. Then you take two more. You don't take them all at once. I don't. And feel this has been them. an educational segment brought to you by Katie from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed, you know. like, like to note that they that the bottle has a warning that if, if like you're happy Priapism. for more than four hours, you should see a doctor immediately because this could have still ended with him being in a eunuch or whatever. How yeah. yeah phrase that. Priapism is the word. Yes. Oh. I just kind of picture like a Looney Tunes cartoon where they stick the finger down the barrel of a shotgun. <laughs> yes. In 1814... 1814 You're my hero. In eight, also a f- an interesting death. In 1814 London, the Murin Beer Company had a beer vat rupture, which caused all of the beer vats to rupture, causing the London streets to flood, killing eight people. What this a way to go. The, 18, uh, the 1814 uh, London Beer Flood, it was called. Uh, some of the eight people that were uh, among the casualties were attending a wake at the time. <laughs> <laughs> they were <laughs> mourning the dead. And then just this gigantic beer tsunami <laughs> just destroys it. First off, a beer nami would be <laughs> tremendous. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's not tragic that these people died while they were at a funeral, but I mean, <laughs> I can think of worse ways. That's that's really kind of an epic wake, to be completely honest. Like drowning what in did your beer wake does have? not. We seem... had a beer nami. Yeah, we just need to tell you right now that it's tragic. I'm sh- most of these people had like loving families, and they're very sad that they're gone. But if I died in any of these ways, I would be upset if nobody laughed i just be like, like no that's funny i like to imagine the one guy standing there and he's like this was what i wanted <laughs> take me now i just that just makes me think of deathgasm oh, i yeah. still have not seen it so there's a scene in deathgasm where the the one kid's dad is a uh, mechanic mm-hmm. and he gets all zombified out and they drop an engine block on his head and they're standing there looking at the aftermath and the kid goes you know I kind of think he would have wanted to go out this way. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he would have wanted. Another one that I found pretty interesting because it took me down a video game rabbit hole. Um, South Korean gamer Lee Sun-sok just straight up conked out after playing StarCraft for 50 straight hours. He died of cardiac arrest. And something that Ian actually told me is StarCraft is like a way of life. Yeah, it's their their national pastime. Uh, South Korea specifically has... The uh, again, they have gaming leagues. They have training crews and groups. You know, they're it's, full teams. It's like the NFL here. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's again, it's their national sport. And <coughs> so this guy was in a um, 
they call them bongs or bang. It's spelled bang, but they pronounce it bong. But it's an internet cafe, essentially. Bong. And he was there for 50 hours. And I think, if I remember right, after this event happened, they instituted some policies as far as the people who were actually playing. Like, you have to take breaks. Because, again, yeah. he went for 50 hours straight without any sustenance. Yeah. And his heart just exploded. I mean, Oof. it's a heck of a way to end a match, though. I mean, casuals. You're all filthy casuals. Sometimes death can really just be, some people just deserve it, I feel like. In 2014, Southern Chinese chef Hung Fun was, <laughs> hey, you're all racist. Uh, Southern Chinese chef Hung Fun was cooking a dish using freshly killed spitting cobra he had decapitated the snake and threw its head to the side the snake was still able to spit venom at him and kill him so hung fun died from a spitting cobra yes a decapitated spitting cobra don't do it don't do it (laughs) okay (laughs) you should all be ashamed of yourselves i think he deserved this it's not time for the reptilian report. Corey. No, that's my tiki god warning. Oh my god. <laughs> Hannah, you wanted to talk about the actual personification the personification of personification of death. Death personified uh is something that like we have a very weird wow. <laughs> so so that's like the absolute uh opposite, opposite? of what we're talking about right now. So death personified is something that I find really interesting because every culture in every uh, stage of history has had some kind of idea of what death is beyond just dying. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Western cultures, we kind of have this idea of the Grim Reaper, you know, black hooded figure that comes to take your soul after you die. Yeah. Uh, But the way that every culture deals with death... (coughs) really influences how they perceive the personification of death. And I find that really, right. really interesting. So, like, the the thoughts that the Valkyries came and claimed you yeah. as a Nordic warrior. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it's I was It's exactly that kind of stuff. So it's how you view death in your culture very much influences on how you think you're going to see death when you die. So a lot of us have, like, some more like Catholicism religions and stuff like that. They think, you know, Michael, the archangel is the angel of death and he's the one that comes and collects you when you die. So they expect that they'll see this beautiful light and this very loving person. Some people think that it's going to be the grim reaper and it's going to be the scary hooded figure. Well, isn't the reaper essentially like, uh, the archetype that we picture is just the original basis of the ferryman for the river. Yeah. Charon kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's based on, on that it's also based on a lot of the old um gosh and i have all of this written down but i have it all in weird orders uh a lot of older cultures pictured death not before the grim reaper came about as just a skeleton sometimes he'd have a scythe sometimes he'd have a broom sometimes he wouldn't have anything but it was just the skeleton that would come and it was an omen of death or it was the thing that was going to greet you, which is kind of scary, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The Reaper hasn't always been inherently masculine either. No. There's yeah. and, uh, and that's something yeah. also like a lot of Celtic um folklore and a lot of the South American, Latin American uh folklore and stuff like that, death is a woman, uh a female figure. Um 
So I like, kind of hope it's just Mandy Patinkin. Right? Well, and so the reason for that is a lot of the romantic languages, the word for death is a feminine word mm-hmm. in those languages. So yeah. death becomes a feminine figure when they talk about it. So like uh, in, in Italian, la morte is a feminine word. Right. right. So for them, death was a feminine figure. Well, I find the I find the the level of not to jump off of you talk. No, no, no. I want to get ahead. back around to it. But culture plays, as you already said, Hannah, mm-hmm. a huge part in the perception of death, whether or not death is considered a frightening aspect or something either to either not be uh, afraid of or yeah. even embraced. Well, it? and I like that. I, I feel like it's a lot of like I said, the Western cultures a lot are the ones that push back against death mm-hmm. and be like, no, it's something to be afraid of. A lot of other cultures around the world are very much like, no, this is just the next step in the journey. This is just something that we do. This person comes to collect us and take us where we need to go. It's not a bad thing. It's not scary. It's just the next step. And I think that's really, really neat and a really cool way to approach it. A lot of ancient cultures have, uh, because a lot of Western cultures, when they talk about different religions and stuff and they have their deities, they're like, no, these people can't die. A lot of other cultures don't see it that way at all. Like uh, the the Egyptian sun god Ra, he dies every single day. Yeah. He's born every single morning and lives out his life. And by the uh, and by like sunset, he's like an a old man. Like a fly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> just, just a little titsy fly of yeah. the sun. <laughs> well, I think that's where we get... Uh, you see a lot of the Eastern cultures that believe in like reincarnation and things along mm-hmm. those yeah. lines. And I think that actually... Uh, this is kind of something I was spitballing in my brain. But in the Western side of things, we tend to look at... You get one shot. Mm-hmm. Life and time is just a straight line that will go on forever from one end to the other, whereas the Eastern cultures tend to view it more as a circle and a cyclical thing. Well, and like I was saying, like the Hindu um, god of death is King Yama, and he's the king of karmaic justice. Mm -hmm. Dude, I remember when uh, Goku fought him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So basically, like his whole thing is based on how much karma you have when you die, it leads to what you are reborn as. Yeah. Right. So that's his job is to judge you on that and then like bring you back into the world based on that. I wonder where humans. Yeah, it's just I don't like the idea of of maybe death ju- accountants. Maybe judge isn't like quite the right thing. No, but but, but, but like, I mean that's, like that's that's a, that's something that's in a lot of uh, religious philosophies. Yeah. Is the judgment right is yeah. based on your acts and deeds, and I got no problem with that. But man, does that job suck. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I, well, I can't, mean, can't even, imagine well, those, just having to account for even somebody in like, some of the old like uh, Catholic religions and stuff. There's uh, the angel who, when you die and go to purgatory, there's the angel that weighs your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what decides if you get to go to heaven or if you're going to go to purgatory for a little bit. Like, well, that, did you did you guys hear that joke? That the guy was uh, he said the there's a heaven's no. And a hell yes. Perhaps. <laughs> but can we get a purgatory maybe? And somebody goes, perhaps. <laughs> That's something uh, interesting that I never thought of because a lot, uh, a lot of different mythologies and ancient religions and stuff have a Lord of the Dead. They have an Osiris. They have a Set. They have a, a Hades or Pluto. Those guys aren't inherently... I mean, Set was kind of a douchebag, but um, if you go <laughs> yeah, through he Egyptian mythology... <laughs> hey, he was not any worse than Ra. That's fair. That's absolutely no, fair. That's None fair. of the Egyptian gods were no. good. Or the no. Romans, or the Greek, yeah. or... But those guys weren't... The, obs- uh, the Obsidian gods oh, yeah. are pretty, you know, 
But none of those guys are necessarily in that culture deemed as <coughs> inherently evil. I think that Christianity is one of the only religions where the Lord of the Dead, it, where it's this like deep, dark, horrible thing, is deemed as this thing is the embodiment of evil. And we relate Hades with Satan. We relate Hades with um set and those people yeah. like though no no the devil is real it's just they just call it something else in that culture and it's like no that's not the same thing see even then that's a misconstruing of what the story says though right because yeah. lucifer is still an angel he's right. not evil he judges evil deeds mm -hmm. right he punishes for evil deeds like it it's still not you know what i mean like with yeah. the the this is where fear becomes a factor. Right. Yeah. You know, as far as people who, as, as you said, Corey, as, as we've all been talking about, the, the level of judgment that happens, this is when people are afraid because they feel like they could go to a bad place because of bad behaviors. And that's, I think, where the fear and the personification of evil, as far as Lucifer or Satan, however mm -hmm. you want to phrase it, comes from. <laughs> now I'll, now I, just I put think, Nirvana in my head. Where the bad folks I think that right. might ah. have something to do with how we personify death as as dangerous in western mm. cultures because then if something happens like if you die and you end up going to hell or you end up going to wherever this negative place you think is going to be it's not your fault because the grim reaper took you there mm -hmm. well i, I it, well okay i want to jump off on that real fast yeah. because I, I like the notion when you die and i granted i've never Fully died. I had a little bit where they lost me, but I came back. So hi, um, hi Ian. Yeah, it happens. It's, you and me both, yeah, homie. Exactly. Um, but when your body starts to die, the chemical DMT, uh, dimethyltryptamine, tryptamine, yep, is released, which causes intense euphoria, psychedelic experiences. <sighs> Basically, you go on a trip. Yeah. And the exact same chemical is released during childbirth. You know, the exact same process, which plays back... When you're whole... born, not, when, right. not Sorry, for yes. a woman when you give birth. Thank you for that, Claire. Yeah, very good. Yeah. But I think, um, in my mind, it's probably... <laughs> this is something I want to talk about, and it's a little off-subject here, but I feel like some of the near-death experiences you hear about, where people say they see angels or they see... If they see scary things, it's just their brain processing chemical inputs or physical inputs that they couldn't process otherwise. Yeah. And right. so you wind up, uh, I think it's Jacob's Ladder. The, yeah. The, yes. Tim yeah. Robbins exactly. Exactly. Has the line from the masseuse that says, depending on how you are mentally prepared, you're either going to see angels or devils. Right. Yeah. It's all based on so, what you see. Then my question, because I, I know a couple people that uh, have died, at least uh, died and come back. And uh, a buddy of mine, I, I asked him, I was like, did you see a white light, all this stuff? And he goes, no, uh -uh. it was just dark. So my question is, does that only, does the chemical DMT only get released for some people or in certain circumstances or? I think it's body shutdown okay. at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, there, there's a movie that's about a guy who gets in a car crash and the entire film is his DMT hallucination of processing what's going on around him. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't, but that's a very similar um concept to what Jacob's Ladder is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same idea. But he's, like, at the end you realize that uh, he he's dealing with the loss of his wife in this car accident mm -hmm. through the whole movie, and you realize that he's the one that's dying laying on the laying on the side of the road. Right. 
And that's just how he's processing. There was a Nelly music video that was like that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't have to go look that up. You're... Your white trash is showing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I like I like the notion that as we die, and this is where heaven and the infinite maybe uh, conceptually come in. Is your this DMT? I've never done DMT, so I don't have a clue what it's actually like. But I've heard some stories from people who have, and it seems like it puts your brain in overdrive. And since time is just the way we perceive things, if your brain's going three thousand percent faster than it's ever worked before. Yeah, all the snaps is yeah. going at once. That one moment where you're fading out could become the most blissful thing on the planet. I mean you could get superpowers in yeah, your own could mind. Be, could be ten years. Don't mm-hmm. don't, well, I mean, don't even, do drugs, kids. Even just when you dream, I mean it's the same it's mm. the same kind of thing where, you know, if you're you're asleep for six hours but in your dream, months can go by. Right. Kind of thing. If your mm-hmm. brain is operating faster than your body is operating, lots of stuff can happen. Precisely. Which is part of why I don't think death is really that. I know this is a heavy topic, and when we lose people, you know, it's, it's the people that are left behind that really are the, the ones who have death to worry about. Yeah, yeah. That's predominantly who the death rituals are actually for. Yeah. 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 So I, if you want to jump off on that, that'd be great. No? Okay. You guys, no. you guys want to know uh, some weird stuff that happens to your body when you die? Yes. It gets real gross. <laughs> um, I found something out that I found exceedingly interesting. Uh, you are born with 270 bones, and if you reach adulthood, you die with 200. Yeah. yeah. You have 70 less bones in your body, uh-huh. which I found hysterical because I was like, they just fall out and then no, it's like, just... no, they just fuse together. But I find just them falling off of you Far funnier. Uh, yeah, they, they they drop out in your sleep, and then uh, <laughs> the tooth fairy comes and sells them to uh, giants to make bread. <laughs> you pulled that one I out. I like Gordon. that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what she does when she's not collecting teeth, man. She's got a bone business on the side. Respect so- the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Going back a little bit to uh, the cobra that could spit venom long after a few, up to a few minutes after it was decapitated uh something that i found out was your hearing will last much longer than your other senses after you die uh neurologists say your brain should be able to hear up to a few minutes after you're dead that's awesome and decapitations yep. oh yeah you see uh i mean i never you know sometimes i <laughs> google takes me weird places uh there have been uh public beheadings where the decapitated head will still try to continue to talk they will blink their face will twitch yeah. they will stick their tongue out like they, they, they actually took bets on that in the french revolution oh, during yeah. during the height All of the use of the guillotine oh yeah like it'll just <laughs> like it'll yeah. just spaz well i mean if you if you think about it your brain is where all of your your person is oh yeah really. like so until you bleed out, until you have no more blood going to your brain, yeah, your brain is still functioning. It's well, just and like, oh, geez. And you have to realize that that during like what we would consider a natural death, uh, there's a lot of organ shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, a, a pretty standard process that the body goes through, and it actually readies the brain for final death. So when you just cut somebody's head off, they don't go through any of that process at all. Right. It, yeah. like, so, so sudden traumatic deaths... Um, tend to ha- have a lot of um, kind of weird side effects as far as as far as they they skew that whole how much the brain oh, yeah. can still fun- you know like function and process. Speaking of just spazzing out, cadaveric spasms are a thing. There will be uh, uh, they randomly just jerk around apparently muscular exertion at the time of 
death causes so if you die in a very violent way like a car crash or anything like that you can be laying on like an autopsy table yeah, and, and you'll and just, just randomly, start doing the thriller day. and you'll just ran like your arm will randomly just go up which they say is a thing but i firmly believe it's either ghost or demon possession i think there's some well, sort of i've heard a lot of stories from people who drive hearses and stuff like that where the cadavers in the hearse just from muscle settling and stuff like that will just move around. Just show yeah. me around in the coffin. And, and as you die, the, the muscles, the muscle fibers sh- uh, shrink and contract. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, a lot of things like sitting up or like twitches uh, happen. I mean, that's so horrifying. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I could, I, I genuinely was like, no, I want to be a mortician. Like, that'd be so cool. And then you hear about all the death facts and you're like, mm. I'm good. Well, Actually, there, there's rigor good. mortis too, which sets mm-hmm. in a couple of hours after death, but then the muscles relax. Like rigor mortis goes away. Yeah. So, so it just so randomly. I want to know why that is because I don't understand why it seizes up only to relax again. Uh, chemicals in the muscles. Okay. So you could pick up a dead body and move it. Light as a feather, oh, stiff as a board. That's, that's what that's for. Well, yeah. I, yeah. What, what, why, why not? Do you have, what, what do you do with your spare time, Corey? Don't worry about it, Katie. Just, what, you, you moving any dead bodies? Canadian lawyer Gary Hoy <laughs> died trying to prove that a glass window of a 24th floor office was unbreakable. <laughs> this he, is one of my favorite stories. Did he, he threw wrote? himself uh-huh. into the window, which did not break. <laughs> yet the setting of the window came loose from the building and out he fell. <laughs> the whole window just <laughs> popped out. And he just fell with the window. <laughs> that, that's just one of those moments, you know, that he's just like sit, like on the glass as it's falling. And he's just like, hmm, I should reevaluate my well, life. Well, crap. In, <laughs> in 2007, the deputy mayor of Delhi, Surinder Singh Bahwa, died falling off a balcony while fending off a troop of attack monkeys. <laughs> monkeys are scary. They're so scary. They rip They're your face so off. They're so scary. She's eating your face. I'm sorry. I love that 911 call of the lady who's ha- who had a pet monkey that just randomly attacked her one day. Well, you know monkeys like lose like if domesticated monkeys like especially chimpanzees once they reach a certain age like they just lose all their training. Really? Yeah. And so like this guy took a he had his chimp and uh his chimp turned around 7 or 8 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was starting to get wild and, and kind of feral, so he took him to a chimp retirement home. Okay, this is a real thing in okay. California. Um, so he takes his chimp to this chimp retirement home, and he would go visit him. And yeah. he went to visit the chimp and bring him a birthday cake because it was his birthday. This is a hundred percent true story. You're making this up. No, I swear to God, the dude walks in with the birthday cake, and there are other chimps in the enclosure. And they attack him. Oh, my God. Because apparently the other chimp was like, no, you can't have any of my birthday cake, which that's not the real part. But this guy was attacked, <laughs> and they bit off his nose and pulled off his balls. <laughs> I remember this story now. Yeah. Now, he survived. I didn't realize it was yeah, a chimp retirement like, Yeah. At what and, quality and of so, life? But here's the problem. Like, honestly. Yeah. When you go... That is something that happens. That that guy is going to be doomed to tell this story <laughs> for the rest of his life. Because if you go see a buddy who lost his testicles, like you're going to be like, ah, oh, what happened? And he, if he says, you know, there was a kid with a baseball bat, you're going to be like, ah, <laughs> or I fell on a table saw. Ugh. If he says, 
I was bringing a chimp a birthday cake. <laughs> You're going to be like, go on. <laughs> no, that's the story. No, it's not. Yeah. How could this go wrong? Betterton, Maryland Mayor Monica Meyer went to the local water treatment plant, fell off a balcony, and into a septic tank. Uh, she drowned in 15 feet of semi-solid human waste. Uh, yeah, that was that was really bad. Uh, oh, she God. actually got the job because her the former mayor uh, died in a car crash. So you it's cursed. That's what you're yeah, saying. That job defense is against cursed. the dark arse. The, the I, owner of the company that made Segways died in 2010 accidentally driving a Segway off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a product warning, I don't know what is. Basil Brown died of overdosing on uh, vitamin A after drinking a gallon of carrot juice a day for years. And that's one of the dumbest things I have yeah, ever heard. Yeah, that's one of the single dumbest ways to because die. Because you, you start Dumb to see changes in like the die. whites of the eyes and the skin. Like, yeah. you would, how hey, can you the, not notice that? Uh, slowly well, turning into an Oompa Loompa. Right? Yeah. So, so the thing is, though, do you, do you notice it joke. in yourself? <laughs> because... Like, kind of the same thing where you don't necessarily notice that you're losing weight or that you're gaining weight because you see yourself every single day. No, 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 no. He just doesn't care because he's like, I can see everything. My eyes are in wonderful shape. It's like that guy in Canada who took colloidal silver for so long, he turned blue. Really? Yeah. yeah. That sounds That's cool. He blew uh, himself? Damn yes. it, Corey. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but but sadly, unlike like vitamin A, like the, that change can be reversed. Apparently, the colloidal silver one cannot. So he'll be that color forever. He's blue, <laughs> did you guys uh, did you guys know the story of Frank Hayes? No, I don't think so. He's the first man to ever win a race while dead. <laughs> Go on. What kind of race? Go on. 1923. The Frank, human. Frank Hayes was at the Belmont Stakes. Oh, okay. Horse racing. Horse oh. racing. Jockey uh, was had been. Actively, like, training super hard for this race to get to proper jockey weight. Mm -hmm. As soon as his horse took the lead about uh, 20 to 30 meters into the race, uh -huh. he had a heart attack and died. Oh, my God. He stayed in the saddle the entire race, and the horse won, <laughs> making him the first and only person to ever win a race while dead. Good on him. Yeah. Aww. That's something you can write home All about. All that training paid off. Well, you know, in a much less glorious death, in 1982 in Arizona, 27-year-old David Grundum decided to go out to shoot some cacti, which is a thing you do in Arizona. Yeah, he is. was killed when he shot a the trunk of a 26-foot cactus, and it fell on him and crushed him. That is just natural selection. That's just some hillbillies at work, if you ask me. Oh, Darwin Awards. Several people danced themselves to death. During Dance Fever 1518. Did they have a spell on them? D Magic no, shoes? No, it was a festival <laughs> during which hundreds of people danced for a month, which yeah. no one knows why or what they were doing. What? Wait, in, so, so uh, like nobody knows why they were dancing for nobody, a month? Nobody knows why they were dancing for a month. Fairy circles. In some <laughs> of the uh, most Batman 66 uh, news I've ever... It's not news, but... Uh, in, I don't have that sound, but... In uh, 1978, Georgi Markov, uh, during the Cold War, was assassinated for his anti-communist views, was stabbed by an assassin with a pointed tip-filled uh, umbrella with a ricin pellet inside, which is the most penguin-ass shit <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. 
mean, the rice and pellet in the umbrella isn't like super. That fun. that's some Oswald Cobblepot. They've done that situation. many times though. That's like a I didn't know that for... was a thing before now. Yeah, so so I was I was looking KGB. up Love I was umbrellas. looking up all these weird deaths for because I you know I knew this conversation could get kind of heavy, so we yeah. kind of were trying to lighten the mood with some silly ones. Yeah, the Greek philosopher Chrysippus of Solai is said to have died laughing while watching a drunk donkey eat figs. <laughs> I changed my mind. That's how I want to go out. <laughs> how, okay. You know. Brings a whole so, new level of bacchanalia. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite deaths ever. Uh, in 1912, a young inventor was testing out a new parachute suit to prevent fighter pilots from dying when their planes crashed. Similar to a uh, fly, the model was uh, similar to a flying squirrel, but more puffy. You would stick your arms out, and it would just inflate. It kind of looked like a wingsuit, but yeah, back parachute in the 1800s. suit. Yeah, he uh, he jumped off the Eiffel Tower, eighty-seven feet above the ground. The suit immediately. Failed and he fell to his death. So, did you guys see the picture of this dude right before he jumped? Yeah, it literally looks like he has pillows sewn to a suit <laughs> and he's wearing hammer pants. Yeah, I love that it was the Eiffel Tower. I just want to hear him and go, "Vive la France!" <laughs> and whack. <laughs> okay, so here's how parachutes work. So, no, 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 you can't illustrate that it's going to work from 87 feet in the air, especially if this is meant for. Fighter pilot. Hey, yeah. you're just a moron. Totally disagree. Really? Twenty one yeah. people died in a Boston molasses disaster. <gasps> I love this one. Same 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 thing as the London beer flood. Yeah, but we've got a massive tank of molasses that burst on a warm day, sending a twenty five foot <laughs> wave of molasses out at thirty five <laughs> miles an hour. Oh my God. How does That's, molasses move at 35 miles an hour? <laughs> That's the most Canadian death ever. I just I just feel like somebody's like standing in the street being like, well, this wasn't how I thought I was going to go, but all right. <laughs> I really want molasses cookies. We all just blasted past his, how does molasses move? Somebody's going to say, slow as molasses, I'll be like, fuck. 35 miles an hour. <laughs> so um, one of the one of my favorite myths growing up about death was uh, I was a weird kid. There's a myth that once what? you die, your hair and nails keep growing. This isn't true. Your body just isn't juicy anymore. So your skin just pulls back to make uh, which shows more of your uh, hair strand and shows more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing a corpse in those dumb sweatpants. Let's <laughs> say juicy on the ass. <laughs> There's no fluids in your body anymore. Uh, what a- <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, so, um... Uh, <laughs> Hannah and I were actually talking one time about uh, one of your favorite things is body farms. You said, "Oh yeah, I love I love the body farms, like the the colleges and stuff like that." Where they <laughs> one of my favorite videos ever is things. somebody. Sh- it's like a virtual tour of a body farm, and it's literally just some college kid that's like stoned out of his mind. That's like, we put this one in a tub of water, he blowed it up. <laughs> we put this one in a tree, he fell down. <laughs> we put this one in a dry climate, he dried up. 
<laughs> we uh, we put this one in the woods. The raccoons got to him. Katie, what did you uh, do before you started working for me? Weird stuff. <laughs> weird stuff. I, I love I love the body farms. They, they have been like the one of the most uh for those of, of for those of our listeners that don't know what body farms is why don't you give us a quick little so so there are these places usually they're run by universities where people who donate their bodies to science uh sometimes their bodies will get donated to these body farms where they put dead bodies in a myriad of different environments to see how they decompose under those elements and they have been so crucial in a lot of our forensic uh, like studies and stuff like that that have helped solve numerous cases because now we understand how those bodies decompose in those environments. So now a lot of forensics can go out and be like, oh, this type of larvae is growing in this corpse. That means it's been dead this amount of time because they have that research now. So uh, they're really, really neat. They're, they're very morbid, but they're, they've been crucial, crucial to our understanding of how death happens in nature. Also, if you're just like moving bodies around, it's a great time to listen to podcasts. It airs up um, to free time a lot. So uh, the body farms do take really, really, really good notes of all the bodies that are there. And if a random body shows up, they call the police that, instantly. That was on an episode of Bones CSI. And a uh, Law and Order SVU of yeah. just somebody just dumped a dead body in the body farm. Yeah, don't do that. You will get caught. You will go to jail. Well, the notion of the body farm actually kind of reminds me. There was this art installation in Kansas, which is where I'm from, uh, and they called it the Garden of Eden. But it was this really eccentric old artist. And if you walked in, it was kind of like walking into like a Tim Burton set where he just spewed his brain all over everything you know there are all these weird metal sculptures and just craziness mm-hmm. but that guy uh part of his dying wish was to have himself encased essentially in i think it was plexiglass if i remember right and just put on display yeah and for a very long time he was just out in the middle of the garden like it was yeah his performance his final performance they finally took him away because he was getting kind of juicy again <laughs> <laughs> or he was getting kind of not juicy Oh, yeah. Um, so one of my favorite, uh, things ever is, uh, listening to mortician stories. I found out a lot about like cremation and what goes into that and what you need to do and like weird facts about like what you need to do to bodies as far as like, that. Is like concerned. throwing it on a bonfire doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Weirdly enough. Burning um, bodies in a bonfire doesn't work. What do you mean? <laughs> um, so, uh, actually I was talking to Ian about <laughs> You people aren't trying hard. It depends on <laughs> it depends on the fuel you use. <laughs> Correct. Accelerants matter, guys. Don't kill people, guys. Um, so uh, I was actually talking to Ian about um, morticians and like how their job is actually really fascinating. And he actually recommended a book, and he wanted yeah, to talk about it. it. It's uh, by I think uh, Kate Doty is the, mm-hmm. the author, and um, it's called "Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematorium." And it's this gal that decided at one point she wanted to work uh, for a mortician. She wasn't exclusively, it wasn't exclusively a crematorium, but it has tons of wonderful insight and anecdotes and all talked about in a respectful way, but also with kind of a lighthearted attitude. So seek that one out. It's definitely worth a read. You know who else uh, publishes a lot of books, Ian? for the reptilian report everybody the segment of the show where i out a lizard person and tell you why they're a lizard person uh last week we actually discussed the british royal family so i wanted to talk about one of the most famous lizard people ever queen elizabeth ii 
Yes. This woman absolutely is a lizard person. Uh, I agree. One of a uh, little known fact, her ancestor, Queen Elizabeth I, was almost consistently painted with a uh, coiled snake in her hand through uh, scholars and uh, reptilian investigators, people that like track lizard people and try to find out who's a lizard person and why they're a lizard person. I think you made that up. Uh, nope. That's not. A, that's not. Nope. What do you I, think she's going to totally school for? Yeah, like, Fair. I have dreams too, Hannah. Um, no, but it is a uh, reported symbol of reptilianism if, like, in ancient cultures, if you have any sort of, like, uh, reptilian imagery that was like, nope, that is what you are. It's a way of signaling to other people. Kind of blatant, but uh, she was almost consistently painted with these things in her hands, and uh, it was later retouched when... Essentially, people of the court were like, what are you doing, you moron? You can't tell people she's a lizard person. So he was like, okay, fine, I'll paint over it. Um, now, hold on. Not to get on a, too much of a tangent here, but where does that put the staff at Caduceus as far as the symbol for medicinal arts? Are you going to have to bleep out that? <laughs> no. Because I have no idea what that is. It's it's the symbol that they use in like the medical field where it's the staff with the snake. Oh, like, yeah, after full of it. lizard people. Okay. Yeah, continue. absolutely. On uh, one of my favorite stories is July 10th, 2016, on the royal family's official website before immediately being taken down. Uh, but a few people managed to get screenshots. It was uh, a blog post saying, quote, Earlier this week, uh, the queen was seen by thousands of people in a form they were not acquainted with. We seek to reassure the public that the queen is still the queen and remains the respected and loved figure they have always known. While she may not be human, she is a devoted leader and monarch, and she believes her subjects will grow to accept her and her family for what they are. This was on the UK royal family website for all of, I think, about three minutes. Well, hackers do exist. Okay. I'm just saying, that's not... Okay. <laughs> the truth is out there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not denying it. I, I think that they are. Mostly because I'm pretty sure those corgis are just snacks. <laughs> she has oh, yeah. a constant supply. Notice how she never tells you what their names are yeah. because they ha they're constantly breakfast, rotating. lunch, and dinner. Exactly. That's so, uh, so oh. here's the thing. I think it was some idiot PR guy that was like, "Oh crap!" Because there, as we're gonna get into later, there's uh, lots and lots of footage of uh, her like shape shifting and everything. Um, and some stupid PR guy was like, well, the secret's out. Might as well just tell everybody she's a lizard person. That guy was immediately executed. He and was the post was taken Let's down. Just... He's, st he's still in the Tower of London. Oh, yeah. Like... Just... Well, they have to have something to feed the new baby ravens. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> or the new baby reptiles. Henry just, Harry had a kid. And well, I mean, true. William had a kid. <laughs> Birds are just winged reptiles, so. It's true. <gasps> Next week. <laughs> um, so as I said there are countless videos of the queen with eyes uh, shifting turning into slits there are uh, videos of her eyes just going like her um, entire eye just going completely blood red out of nowhere um, she is 95,000 years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's, she's so old functionally immortal at this point um, she uh, uh, spines poking through her little like mm -hmm. dress thingy a uh, reptilian skin showing on her wrists underneath her gloves like there's so much overwhelming clips here so i gotta ask uh is the possibility of reptilian intervention into the human race to the point that once you reach a certain age it just starts to take over anyway i think that's actually 
more accurate than any of us are actually considering. Or maybe that's you're just confessing at this point. But I, I think that when you hit a certain age in life, your mind just kind of tends to go more towards your reptilian side anyway. Uh, the id takes over. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. we're all kind of hybrid sort of people anyway. All right. All right. So I think they've, been, they've been like intermarrying with us for so long mm-hmm. that we've, we're all just a little yeah. bit lizard. So, yeah. Basically, we got a caveman, like just straight up simian dude. Just yeah. figuring out fire, and the aliens come, and they're like, I'm going to f*** that monkey. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the reptilians are just the bards of the galactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my final piece of evidence was a royal ambassador was at an, in an interview talking about the queen because she, uh, I guess she was at some weird garden party and, like, went up to some lady, and she was like, you're very, you were very rude to this person. And that was the most, like, political involvement she had had in a really long time. And the ambassador uh, was talking about that, and, quote, she said, the queen's job is to do nothing at all, and she does it quite well. She's not supposed to express her political opinions. Which, if that isn't some some sort of reptilian bureaucratic figurehead BS. I don't know what is. Just like the president. Her job is to do nothing. And she does it very well. Shots fired. <laughs> no, this woman works for the royal family and she said that. No, I know. I believe you. Like, what? I mainly said that just, I just to watch Corey's face. <laughs> what are you going to do today? I'm going to make a cheese sandwich and hang out with my friend, the pretender to the throne of Alsace Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> So, final thoughts? I know Corey immediately was like, yeah, she's totally a lizard I, I agree. The whole royal family. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen so many pictures of her where, like, it's just, like, her looking over at the camera or something and just, like, the creepiness of her. Oh, yeah. Like, 1,000%, I'm just like, hmm, I love you. I love you, lady, but I don't think you're human. It scares me. Also, it's kind of a, a thing where... People in the UK are like very defensive of her, like very like, and I've and I've asked a couple people about it, like, what is your obsession with her? And she's the like, queen mum. Well, exactly, but they're like, she's just this little old lady. She's kind of like everybody's grandma. Like, leave her alone, because I mean, mostly us, we insult her, like, whatever, yeah, queen, and everybody's like, you leave her alone. You be nice to her. Uh-huh. Don't insult the queen. It's, no, it's not like you love her incessantly she's just be nice to the tiny old lady she didn't do anything to you okay yeah except for eating the corgi exactly (laughs) little do you little do they know it's all a part of reptilian brainwashing to give her props terribly effective on her end yeah right like her job is to do nothing and she does it really well traffic in a chinese city ground to a halt (laughs) earlier this week Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I was just going to jump into news. But when a mysterious foam substance suddenly started spewing from the sewers, washing over 650 feet of highway, the completely stuff. across, it looks exactly like the stuff. It's about two feet deep, running co- over 650 feet of highway, completely across, and then formed a geyser shooting 150 feet in the air. Ew. What? What is happening? Everyone who was, uh, well, plagued by this disgusting thing described it as having a strong, pungent smell. It's coming from the sewers. <laughs> Much like death. Speaking of, in other news this week, Washington State is the first state in the Union that has legalized 
Human composting. Precisely. Mulch. Uh, I'm I'm actually kind of excited about that. I want to be mushrooms. I want to be a tree. <laughs> like, 100%. Just bury me under a tree. That is one of the uh, coolest ways that I actually heard of uh, what people do with their remains, is you uh, order this coffin. I, it's wildly expensive, and I think it's only in its, like, really, like, testing stage. But you have this, uh, they put you in this little container that is essentially a gigantic seed, and then they bury you underground, and then uh, the seed takes the nutrients from your decomposing body, and yeah. it turns it into a tree. They mulch you into a tree. Yeah, which, rather than uh, having cemeteries full of people with embalming fluid that are haunted poisoning the ground. Forests. You just turn it into a forest. And I'm I'm there for haunted forests. 100%. I love that idea. I but see, I cool. don't want to wait for a tree to grow. I want you to find an established tree and just like tunnel me under it and just bury me there. Perfect. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea. See, the only downside, I was thinking about this last night um, for whatever, I getting ready for this episode, uh, just thinking about different ways to process bodies afterwards. And I think the, the tree idea, the tree coffin, is a fantastic idea with the exception that I feel like at some point, depending on where they buried you, your tree would get cut down. Oh, and yeah. Then you'd get turned into like a sheet of paper. Well, see, no, see, that's why we still need to it's have cemeteries. Life, oh. <laughs> that's why we still need to have like the cemetery mm-hmm. thing. Like it's it's the protected plots of trees. Right. But what like, about what about like you know you've seen those bikes that are like just grown into a tree? Yeah. yeah. So can we just go out and stick you on a sapling and let nature happen? I'd be fine with that. <laughs> like honestly, just like let it grow through my bones. That would yeah, be fine. That's, that's cool. A Massachusetts man was left positively bewildered. <laughs> After someone broke into his home, rather than robbing the place, they cleaned his house. What? Uh, According to Nate Roman, uh, he woke up and was concerned as he looked throughout the house and noticed someone had inexplicably cleaned it. According to Roman, the mysterious visitor not only vacuumed the rugs, but made the beds, scrubbed the toilets, did the dishes. While he was asleep? The intruder also added a bit of flourish to their work by crafting the top of toilet paper into a de- decorative rose shape. What? <laughs> Nate, Nate, if you're listening to this, bud, you need to leave out some <laughs> treats yeah, <laughs> and some like milk and some crackers and some honey or something because you got fairies. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was quoted as saying, how'd you get in my house, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> so... This guy gets his house cleaned. I walk into Safeway for five minutes. I come back out. There's some dude sitting in my car using my vaporizer. I don't he know was, how. He was using <laughs> your vape? This one right here, in fact. How yeah. did you not throw that away? I cleaned it. I don't know. People are mungy, dude. I'm used to it. <laughs> okay, but... Ex- what? He just got in your car so, and started vaping. I walked up to him and I said, can I help you? And he looks at me and he goes, is this your car? I'm like... Yeah, it is, in fact. <laughs> he steps, steps back or, you know, stands up and he's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I have a coworker that says that, you know, she got the exact same model of car and she said I could go use her vape. I'm like. Which sounds not true. Yeah, but he was no. wearing a Safeway uniform and everything. He just walked back inside that, like he booked it immediately. That that actually, like, that's not the lie you're going to make up. No, no. Like, oh, I thought this was my car. That's the lie you well, make up. Well, the fact that yeah. he was wearing a Safeway uniform kind of legitimizes it. I used to wear an Albertsons shirt all the time. Why? Because it was cool. And <laughs> I never, ever worked at Albertsons. I had an Albertsons button-up shirt that I wore, like, once a week because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it, it is. I know. It is. Yeah. 
It's actually, if you look at that picture that I posted of me in pants from like 96, I'm wearing that it. That was your Albertson yeah. shirt? <laughs> uh, the first crop circle of 2019 was reported in the UK, in Norridgewood. A 22-meter-across crop circle in perfect formation. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but it's the first one to be uh, to to be found in this year. So are, are you huh. gonna, are you going to post that picture onto the the page? I, so I absolutely can. We For can sure. all enjoy it. And lastly, my favorite story of the week: a ninety-seven-year-old woman was murdered by a hundred and two-year-old neighbor of hers from the same retirement home who murdered her. With her bare hands. God, that lady. Jesus. Were they fighting over roses? What was it? Uh, nobody knows quite what the argument was. They, but they both they, like the 82-year-old dude. They'd and... been having this back and forth between the two, and this woman killed her neighbor with her bare hands. Now, and, listen. And she's 102, so what are they going to yeah, do? Right. Right. Like, okay, listen, gonna... listen. Patton Oswald did this a long time ago. He said that celebrating birthdays is dumb. If you're turning like 35 or, you know, yeah, once once you hit 30, you can only celebrate the decade. Yeah. Like you can celebrate when you turn 40. You can celebrate when you turn 50. When you turn 90, one law a year no longer applies to you. (laughs) Sounds legit. So the first year you can jaywalk. Yeah. This in 92, you can steal uh, candy bars. Okay. Like these types of things. Until you reach 100. And then at 100, you get one free murder a year <laughs> as long as you do it with your bare hands. Oh, my God. So she was following the Patton Oswald rule. She's like, I thought that was yeah, actual I legislation. I thought this was a thing. That I, I thought he was an actual like person of the law. So uh, I, I, first off, good for her for staying active. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. You know. This is a go-getter. The woman has been arrested and placed in a psych ward. Um, But, like, seriously. What are they going to do? She's 102 years old. I want to know the backstory. I am as intrigued by this story as I am by the crossbow deaths from last week. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was brutal. I wasn't here last week, so I missed that. Listen to the episode, Hannah. It's on my list, guys. (laughs) We have some. Uh... I do. I mean, we've been talking about death days all day today, <laughs> but I did pick out uh, a couple that I thought were just a little bit not necessarily hinky or anything like that, but interesting. Did you say kinky? Hinky. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, also... I'm still in a custody battle with a sea witch for my voice. It's not all the way back yet, but also kinky. Also kinky. Hinky and kinky. <laughs> uh, in, sounds like a cartoon from the 50s about two mice. <laughs> in 1974, Duke Ellington passed away at the oh. age of 75. Rest in peace, Duke. Rest in peace, Duke. Um, in 1861, Elmer E. Ellsworth was the first Union officer killed in the American Civil War. Oh, wow. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if he said that when he died. <laughs> did you guys see? So when you were researching, did you see the death of the guy uh, who was a general in the Civil War, and he walked out in front of like the long distance sharpshooters, <laughs> oh, and they're yeah. like, "They're a thousand yards away. They couldn't hit an elephant from there." As his face was blown off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that. Yeah, right. That's amazing. Uh, and then my last one was night or fifteen forty three. 
Copernicus died. What? Oh, man. Yeah, no. at the age of 70. Later to be immortalized by Doc Brown's dog. Yep. Very no. true. R.I.P. Copernicus. I have one more I want to toss in there. Yeah. We just lost yesterday uh, another 102-year-old, but one of, I don't know if he was the last, but one of the last remaining Navajo code talkers. Uh, yes, oh, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, so. oh. Thank, thank nice. you for your service. Exactly. Seriously. Yeah, man. Uh, well, on that sad, sad note, Ian, thank you. Uh, by the way... Uh, when I die, just get me a glitter coffin and I'll be happy. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you, gentlemen and ladies. Join us next week when we discuss Elon Musk. Should we stop him before he goes full supervillain or just throw ourselves at his feet and declare unconditional surrender now? Next week on the Underground Files. I have a question about the glitter coffin. Yes. Is it spring-loaded? Ooh, it wasn't going to be, but now it is. Gotcha. Next week on the Underground Files. Isn't Elon Musk a perfume? You've been listening to AU Radio Underground Files. Music is provided by Cubby, PurplePlanet.com, and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved. like to contact the show follow us on twitter at au underscore radio facebook at au radio podcast instagram at au dot radio or you can email the show at podcast at adv you can also support this show and all the shows on au radio by becoming a patron of the au radio network find us on patreon as au radio at adventures underground you can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month thanks for listening